In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me as always is my New Year's baby. The one, the only. Cuckoo caca, Travis Rats here. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is the new year. Travis and I are kicking off another year of the podcast because the podcast birthday is in December, right, Travis? Uh, November, I believe. November. That's right. November. So late November. Uh, it's a very are, we, weird time like because it always messes you up. Cause the podcast technically started in 2014. But the very end of 2014. Right, right. So we have been plugging along on this on this bad boy uh, for some time now. And it is a new year. Uh, the show, I feel, Travis, uh, I feel a little invigorated the last couple months. I think I think we're in a yeah. I think we're in a good place. I think things are going well. We got a big format change coming up that we're gonna yeah. be releasing in the new year here. Yeah. As soon as uh, um, Travis gets his stuff and and, and yeah. gets settled so, in. Um, Travis, I normally we do the best books uh, that we, we have in the past. Before. It's a real in it's the a past, real catch. <laughs> I, it's hit or miss, right? Depends on if we're like, yeah, let's talk about that or not. We're not doing that this year. Oh, I think I think also too that when we were. I think some of our most prolific podcasts were during the pandemic because it was just an outlet for us. I mean, we mm -hmm. did that whole marvelous summer and we were doing yeah. a lot of stuff, but coming out of the pandemic, we're like, Oh, the world, the world wants us, Josh. Yeah. The world, the world needs us. The world wants world us to do our us. jobs and be family members and take yeah. people on errands yeah. and, and do all this yeah. stuff. Uh, so this was a little bit more of a uh, of a sparse year, uh, unless you're a Brubaker fan. Uh, Look, we did. We probably we did ten books this year, which is not a giant amount. But if you yeah. count that we read three reckless books, it's maybe eleven books for the year. But four of those books, five of those books, <laughs> are reckless books. I know. It's wild. It's wild. But we did. We read some stuff this year. But because uh, you and I would just have picked one of those books as our favorite. And it would have been silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, it's, that's the way you have to just like take reckless off the table, and then we're just not so being I, honest at that point, right? <laughs> I want to start. I want to start us out today. This is a very oh, folks, you're listening to the Comics Movie Podcast, <laughs> where Travis and I dive deep into graphic novels or trades, or you get an episode like this, a variant edition, where Travis and I talk about what we're doing in geek media, what we're reading, what we're watching, what we're listening and to. Also, Sometimes, Josh, we are we are wearing very similar outfits today as well. Both yeah, it's cream hoodies. It's, it's yeah, it's hood, it's hoodie time. You know what I mean? Cash uh, rules so, everything around me. Cream, get the cream, hoodie. Get the money. Podcast, y'all. Um, so I want to start with a, a New Year's conversation. We're oh. not doing best of book, but I want to start with a New Year's conversation. Before we get into what we've been watching, some of that is timely. Some of that is not timely, but we don't care. Uh, so Travis Ratz, it is New Year. I want to set some... Some reading resolutions for myself. This is a show based on you and I reading things and watching things, but watching things is the easy part, right? It's a very passive thing. My wife and I watch stuff together. We watch stuff as a family. So that's that's the easy part, right? The reading part is where I wanna I wanna get better. I wanna read more. 
and be on my phone less. Mm. But here's my here's my reading resolution. I want to go read some weird classic stuff and not weird classic stuff. Weird classic stuff. Weird, weird classic stuff. Weird classic yes, stuff. Yes, sir. Wild and weird. Uh, but not like before you and I had plugged our DC holes and we filled up our Marvel gaps, right? I so I'm gonna read. I have two, I have two big goals that I want to I want to read this year. Uh, I started reading some old classic TMNT, some old classic. I saw that on Instagram and I was, they came out of nowhere. I was not, you did not discuss this with me. I did not No, because I just found it because you forced me to get Kindle unlimited. So teenage mutant Ninja turtles. That's just, that's just a very financially responsible. uh, It was, I appreciate you. (laughs) My wife was like, yes, get it. You spend too much on comic books. And And we don't have the space for them. Right. Um, so I'm I'm gonna read some classic stuff I've read. The other thing is I have volume one and two of Dave Sims uh Cerberus Church and State sitting on my shelf. Mm. I bought them on a trip a couple years ago, uh 2019, maybe. Um I went back to Michigan. I went to a comic book store that I went to as a child. And in that comic book store I used to go to as a child. I bought these old volumes of Cerberus um, Church and State, volume one and two. I want to read those. I want to read some old black and white comics, buddy. That's where I'm, that's my New Year's. That's my reading resolution this year. I'm not going to make us do them for the show because, you know, it's, it's for the joy of reading classic grungy underground indie comics that's that's what i want in my life okay okay that's my I... reading that's my reading that resolution now i also want to keep reading books so i'm going to try to do this thing where i rotate i'll have a non-fiction book and a fiction book next to my bed and i'll go back and forth mm-hmm. between them. that's my goal that's my goal right now old old dirty comics not dirty like odb you know what i mean but yeah. like uh Casuals everything and, around me cream get the yeah, hoodie and uh, and, uh, I, one fiction, one nonfiction book that I flip flop back and forth. Well, it's funny that you said that. that's a great resolution, by the way. And yeah. it's funny you said that because I am torn because I also like to have a nonfiction and a fiction book, but then I consider like comics as a third category. For yes. That. No comics are third. Yes. Yeah. It would. So there are three things always on my bedside table. That's my plan for this year. My Kindle or whatever hard book I'm reading for comics, uh, then a nonfiction and a fiction book. Yeah. I think so, that's great. I think that's a great one is just to get back into that, and especially with like this. You were very specific about yours. There's a yeah. specific title that you want to read that you need to get back into, and then yeah. just getting more into that that reading process. And it. these are th- these are thick volumes, bud. Let me let me let me pull one up. Let me grab one one really quick uh this is one this is cerberus yep one right yep. this is church and state one it's 500 and some red sonia appears in it she's right here um or it might not actually be red sonia but you know what i mean it's like 500 and and some, sonia. it's like 500 and some pages right 591 almost 600 pages uh of story and i i want to read it it's been with me it's sitting here I finally want to sit down and read it. That's my that's my resolution. 
Oh, nice, 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 nice. So how about how about you, sir? What are you thinking this year? How do you want to well, adapt your reading? I have a, a larger reading resolution, a more general one, okay. and then I have one that fits into your Cerberus uh, yeah. uh, resolution because I think that's a good one. Like, give yourself a challenge, right? Right, and um, so it's like anything. A specific like, challenge, I want to yeah. tackle yeah. this yeah, yeah. story. I like yeah. it, I like it. So um, the general thing is I've been moving around a lot these last six years, and so one of the things that uh, I have jettisoned is books like yeah. physical copies of books because yeah. i've been I've, I've moved four times internationally in the last four years i don't i it's just the amount of packing and unpacking books so every move i'm getting rid of more and more books like physical yeah. copies of books i've kept a lot of the graphic novels um and then other ones i donated to my school the ones that are like kid appropriate uh and I kept all the ones for our podcast because I like to have a shit like just a comic exposure podcast shelf. Which, if you don't have in that office, you need to to make that happen. There's, you need like a label to it that says comic exposure trades. No, they're scattered about because I have mine. Like here are the Batman books. Here are the DC books. Here are the Ed Brubaker books. Here are the uh, they're done at their author sections. I have a Jeff Lemire corner. But so that kind of ties into my yeah. my resolution is so many because I've been moving and I, I like I was living in a six hundred square foot apartment in my last place. You just don't have room for books. But now yeah. I, I'm pretty set in where I'm going to be. I think for like a long time, and I have the space. Um, I want to start building that library up again of physical books that I just love because I, like uh, I, I have like the space now. And one of the things I regret is because I like. Uh, in our old, my old podcast place I had in, in Japan, I could turn around and look at the spines of a lot of the books that we've read yeah. when we were, because in the early days of the podcasting, we only bought our books physically. Yeah. And because image made every image, put everything out for nine ninety nine, yeah. bud. <laughs> because I've been living overseas, I haven't had that. But here in Germany, you can go to Germany, Amazon.com and get physical books in English delivered to you with those two-day deliveries to your yeah. house and the there's the amazon welcome lockers, to europe buddy amazon, welcome to europe. the amazon lockers <laughs> you just go pick yeah. it up and you pick your book up and i i want to go fill in those gaps of the physical books that i've i've missed out on whether i liked them or not just i, I just want that comic exposure yeah. shelf uh yeah. on complete i'm a completist but i also just want to start building up that library that room you can go into where you see the spines of books and you're like hey i want to give this to you or like i want to go yeah. read that again a, a physical uh but i mean library is nothing really at this age day and age other than trophy rooms of things that you've read right yeah it you is know, like, like a trophy room right? yeah and that's, that's what, what my office is <laughs> yeah and i'm like i accept that I know that there's probably some weird psychological stuff in there with like, why do you need to prove what you've, you've read? I'm like, it's just, it's just reminiscent. It's just being surrounded by stories. So I yeah. want that room that has the books where I can be surrounded by books again, where I look yeah. to my left, there's, oh, there's books in here. And I look to my right, there's books in here. So I want, it's a weird thing when everyone's trying to minimalize things. It's like, <laughs> I want to maximize my book collection again because yeah. I did love books so much. Now, as for specific stories, um, I had gotten digitally uh, years ago the Lone Wolf and Cub series. Mm, yeah, and I read the first volume of that one. Yeah, the first volume of oh, you read you read the entire first. Those are thick volumes. That's pretty mm, maybe not the whole thing. Yeah, maybe not the whole thing. <laughs> um, but I had recently watched the old Japanese 
a first two Lone Wolf and Cub uh, sort of vengeance and, and things like yeah. sort of vengeance. And I was like, oh, these movies are fantastic. They're fantastic, Josh. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I never read the comics. and I should go back and read those comics because so much of modern storytelling, at least for the last C- five years, comes out of those samurai stories, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so I was like, oh, okay. And now that I'm not living in Asia, I feel like I can read it and be more nostalgic of, of things as opposed to being like, oh, I'm living in Asia and now I'm reading this freaking long epic that takes <laughs> place and all this like that. So building up my library and then attacking some Lone, Lone Wolf, Wolf and Cub. Cub. Dude, I, I like that both of you and I are, are we're reading comics. this old black and white comic. I appreciate it. Uh, I think it'll be fun to check in on this journey as we make our way through the year on variant episodes, that's how we're going to keep each other accountable, man. Yep. That's how we're going to keep yourself. I, I got to, I got to get the physical copy. Cause if I'm going to do this, it's going to be physical. Yeah. yeah well, that's there's going to be this... some bathtub reading, Josh. You, I, you do you, bud. Do I you can't have, read, I'm, are you, are you a bath? I don't take baths. No, no, I don't want to, I don't uh, want to stew. In, I don't want to stew. I know own filth. that's the whole thing. I don't want to steal my own filth. <laughs> you know what that is? That's just the male equivalent of I'm, I'm, it's, it's I'm insecure about my, my, my me time. It's toxic. You know what I have in my bathtub? Yeah. One of those boards. I have one of those I'm sure wood you boards. Do. And you yeah. flip it up. You put your book there. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> and I've I recently wanna... become a bath bomb guy. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, good for you. Good for you. Uh, that that should, if we had social media we'd use, I would tell you to take a picture of your setup. and Bath bomb? And, and... Bath bomb it? Like yeah. a, just a yeah. green tub with Ninja Turtles? Yeah. A black and white Ninja Turtles <laughs> on there? <laughs> Be perfect. Be perfect. All right. So let's talk about what those are good resolutions. And And also, if 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 you're a listener and you're you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, does anyone Uh, Josh? Should we check that? Who's ever used that? I haven't used that in forever. No. Or you know, um, we have a Twitter, but I never use that. And you have a uh, a really great New Year's resolution. Send it our way. We will read it uh, often here if if we like it. If it's like uh, read more comics, we're not going to read that. Yeah, that's pretty lame. Uh, so Travis, um, let's talk about what we've been watching, what you've been checking out now. I think this next section, here's what we're going to do. You ready for this? Yeah. You ready for this? I you're going to challenge me. You're going to convince me to watch something. I'm going to convince you to watch something. Does that sound good for our next, our next act? Act That that is good. Cause then we can come together on something that we both finally finished. Yes. And, uh, and take it that way. Yeah. All right. You ready? All right. Yeah. You want me to go first? Okay. You go first, sir. Okay. Uh, so um, I saw opening weekend. Okay. Uh, Avatar to the way, Josh. The way of water. Of water. Okay. Okay. And Convince I know. To, and I know, Josh. And listeners know you. We've heard this on previous episodes that Josh is. I think we've heard on previous episodes. This might have been off off uh, episode talk. Um, Josh is not a big fan of, of Avatar. So before I, I, before I can tailor my pitch to you, I yeah. do need you to yeah. just, just vent, vent, Josh. Okay, so my issue with Avatar is, at least with the first one, is it, I think if, it, if, if you're just going to make a computer-generated movie, just, make, just say that that's what it is. Don't pretend that it's, that it's a real movie don't don't like have a real person. Don't sky captain in the world of tomorrow. Me just go in and say, hey, man, this is a, this is what we're doing. I'm making an animated film. Called Avatar. 
So you don't and like I would you don't, probably you, dig it. You don't like all the the interviews were like, well, we were actually in water tanks and we had to learn how to uh, uh, hold our breath for you know six minutes at a time because you're like, well, but why? Because it's all yeah, why? Yeah, it's like one second of you under like, come on, man. Like, so I think I also, and this might just be me, and this is my personality. The first one was so overhyped and so. It's a it's a tropey over and over again story that just just make it a cartoon and I probably would have liked it a whole lot more. Yeah. That that's my that's my beef. Is like I'm not saying it's not pretty. I'm not saying the computer graphics for the first one weren't amazing for the time they came out, but it felt like we put Sigourney Weaver in a movie and we wasted her. And I and who else is in the movie? I couldn't, they're not themselves. So I don't know. Okay. I got you. And this it's a a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder to pitch this because you made it, made it clear. Like I'm not a big fan of the first avatar. Right. And like the whole, the CGI thing. So tell me why I got to see it. What's so, what's so good about the story. So, I mean, this isn't, this isn't like my, Oh, you, 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 this is the movie of, of the year or whatever it is. But I liked Avatar One, um, and also I'm 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 not the world's biggest James Cameron champion. I, I some people think that some for some people it's Spielberg, for some people it's Cameron, some people it's Tarantino. You know, some people it's Scorsese. You know, pick your camp. But I think the world recognizes that each of these directors are talented, and most people like at least one or two of those directors' movies. But with James Cameron. There's a sense of here we have a genre champion, someone whose yeah. every movie they made is genre, right? You can't say that about Spielberg, right? You can't say that about Scorsese. Well, you can say that about Tarantino. Well, I don't know if you call Once Upon a Time a Hollywood genre. So, but across the board, yeah, genre from Piranha 2 to Terminator 2 to Abyss to True Lies, everything is genre. So, one, we're dealing with a storyteller who's like us, who, who, yeah. who grew up on like the, 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 the genre stories that we love and is trying to take that and expand upon that, right? Mm. So it's someone who has a deep, deep love of genre and who's, I mean, he can make any movie he wants. He can get whatever money he wants for any movie yes, he wants. Yeah. And he has decided that this is my vision. Oh, I guess Titanic wouldn't be a genre. It's a disaster film. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so I, I like that aspect of you're having someone who is truly a love of genre, not just a hot director who got picked up. Like so often, we find these indie directors that oh, you made this movie like Eternals, and like you made these small movies, and they had the sensibility. Can you make that in a genre picture, and then we'll give you like millions and billions of dollars? Yeah. Yeah, this is someone who cut their teeth on this, and who has progressed this, and who has shaped visually genre medium. So we're talking about film genre yeah. stuff. James Cameron pushed it forward. Aliens two, he pushed it forward. With the Abyss, True Lies, he pushed it forward with all these things, and this is his his where he's planting his flag. So regardless if if you're enamored with the uh, the way of water story or not we have james cameron a visionary who pushes film technology 
who is a love of genre, who has shaped genre, and this is a new thing. And I feel like any lover of genre owes it to the genre Ooh. to go Ooh. spend the $15, probably, if you're going to see it the way it should be, which is 44 frames per second and in 3D. And if, you, if it's awesome, get in a big screen if you can get all those things together. Um, and to go see that. And here's the effect of that specifically to me. The story is the story, but at moments in the story, I spent the last year on this little tiny island diving. (laughs) Every day I was in the water, like swimming, snorkeling, scuba diving, and things like that. The way they film underwater scenes in here, I I was on a seat in the thing. My legs were kicking. My legs were kicking, Josh. Like I'm, because... Well, it's, you're short. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I can't get my drink, Josh. Uh, and and then also like the breathing, like like breathing, like what what it, what it means to like hold your breath underwater and how to do that, and the the underwater experience. And I and I, I get that not a lot of people have spent. You're from fucking Michigan. You don't. Yeah, I don't know why I curse there. You're from Michigan. We had and, lakes. We had lakes. Yeah, you had lakes, but you're not like free diving in lakes, stuff like that. No. Or and I don't know how much time you spent in lakes. You could only spend what there's like, like four weeks in Michigan where you can actually go <laughs> into a lake. Um, but I'm telling you, he captures that experience of being underwater, the movement, this just everything. And I, I, I unless you spend a lot of time in water, you might not realize like how well that was captured. But you've seen. The last Wakanda or Black yeah. Panther, you saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. You've seen Aquaman. You've seen what underwater movies are, and then you see this, which is the closest I think you can get to being underwater without being underwater. Yes, is it three hours? And that's a long time to sit in a special effect. I mean, Disneyland does it in fifteen-minute rides, or like that four-minute rides. Yeah, but it's a lot cheaper. A lot shorter line, and <laughs> and it's it's gonna be the zeitgeist, right? It's gonna be yeah. in the zeitgeist. And yeah. I, can you think of a epic story that you're not a big fan of, but you've seen all of just because it's so in the zeitgeist? I'm um, trying to think of that. I don't know if I have an answer to that question either. I don't know that I have an answer to that question either. Um, Fast and the Furious. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I oh, see yeah. it because of the zeitgeist. Uh, yeah, I can get with that. So I think I think you've helped me. I don't know that I'll see it in a theater, um, but I probably should if I'm going to see it. In a That's theater. yeah, yeah. I, don't see it at all. <laughs> here's a, here's the weird here's the weird thing, Travis. I would probably love to play the video game if it were just a video game. I would probably be like, "This is the best freaking game ever," because like I love media like that in that format, right? That long tail where world you're this building. Yeah. world. Like I love. I'm playing a video game right now. That is giant robot dinosaurs in post-apocalyptic Earth, and you are, you know, this um, red-haired, arrow-wielding, you know, like robot part-wearing warrior, right? Very much feels like a James Cameron sort of experience, right? Like, let's create this world, let's live in it, let's do this. Um, All right. I might do it. I might have to go okay. by myself though, because Gabby's not going to go. All right. Yeah. So yeah. here's and you got to carve my... out three hours, and your break yeah. is almost uh, as yeah. well. Here's my <laughs> convincing for you, Travis. Here's my convincing for you. Here's what I want to convince you of. Mm, yes. I am five or six episodes into Willow on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. 
Um, do you have any affinity for the original Willow? Movie? You want me to give my my thing about Willow? Let me, what are you, you worried about? Follow yeah. the format. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. I have never seen completely the original whole all the way through the original Willow movie. Okay. I I started a couple a couple times. Maybe as I saw it completely right? as as a kid. I'd, if I did, I completely blocked it out of my mind. I was so young. As an adult, I tried starting it, and I find that it is it it it, it is something that poses itself as fantasy, and like I, I I'm a, I, I like legend. I I I think comparably. Leg- I-, I watched Willow because I love I like that legend movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Right? The Rip yeah. Ripley Scott film. Ridley Scott film. And um I'm like, oh, Willow's kind of in this vein. But it seems very the best word I can describe it is humdrum fantasy. Humdrum fantasy. And every time I try to watch it, I go, Okay, I get it. And there's this kind of hobbit s nest to it where they're trying to kind of go from Lord of the Rings, but I feel like there's so much stuff in literature that would translate visually where we don't have to come up with this original film script and try to build something up from fantasy in there. Let's take something like a Lloyd Alexander, The Book of Three, or The Chronicles of Pierre Dane, and, and put that into a film as yeah. opposed to trying to build something from scratch. And when I watch, try to watch Willow, I get to it, and I'm just like, it, it, it feels fantasy 101 and nothing uh-huh. pushes it i can i can i can feel you on that i cannot tell you the last time i watched the original willow have i seen it yes have i seen it more than once yes Are you was a it a it? uh was it a movie that i loved as a kid no um because i like i ended up watching excalibur and i watched like That's other great ex- another great example of like that that type of right stuff. yeah so willow is this thing where it is let's take conan right like the success of conan and the second conan movie uh and let's kidify it a little more let's take this thing like the black cauldron or lady but let's, yeah and let's make it real Right. Yeah. Let's take the black cauldron and make it real life. Right. There's the evil witch. There is the, you know, the unsung hero shepherding yeah, a that's baby. Lloyd right? Alexander in the Chronicles of Pure Dane. That's black right? cauldron. Yeah. So, so it is this very sort of like, um, I get that. I didn't think I would like it either, but we needed something to watch. The Buckleys needed something to watch as a family. Uh, it is charming. It is goofy when it needs to be. It's like goofy and silly when it needs to be goofy and silly. And then it's actiony and like good fantasy when it needs to be. Okay. So I was worried that it would be too CW. I was worried like, oh, the actors all look too pretty. Um, not the case. Cause I only saw like who are the main three, the prince and the princess and the, and the baby who's now a, a, a young woman. Right. And they all look very like made for TV, right? Um, it probably has a lot of Willow stuff in it that I'm not catching. I was gonna say, do you do you even catch any of the references? Well, it does a good enough job, sort of like explaining stuff to you, right? Like it, it explains the lore when it needs to explain the lore, but it is an updated fantasy story. It feels modern, but it does all those tropes that you want it to do. 
it feels modern, but it still is sort of like, um, you know how Lord of the Rings doesn't feel modern? It's Lord of the Rings, right? It feels classic. This has that Lord of the Rings, but it's like, what if we wrote Lord of the Rings today, right? And it has this sort of modern sense of humor in it, sort of a modern sensibility, but still there's like cool looking monsters and magic and so the pro- sword production va- values is good. The production value is good too. Yeah. So production value is good. Great settings, great scenery. Nothing feels overly CGI. There's not a lot of magic for you to go. Oh man, they blew their budget. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, but I think it's, fu- it's how's, fun. How's work in it? He's good. He's yeah. good. He plays sort of the mentor, right? Yeah, yeah. He plays his role. He's the no old young Luke, the old Luke. Yeah, he plays the old, he's Luke, right? He went from being the Ewok to now being Luke Skywalker, right? So he does this good job of playing sort of the wizened character. There's an older barbarian who's with them, who's great. He's had, he has this sort of swagger, but in a goofy sort of way. Um, and then here's the one thing that it is the, it is the Guardians of the Galaxy effect, but it is very good. They play... Yeah, they play modern music in it and you're like, Oh, that works. I didn't think that would work, but it works here. And it's if not I like, could make a deal with God. <laughs> Almost, this yeah, very, very much that sort of like stranger things sort of like, let's play honestly, that, that Kate Bush song would probably work better in Willow than stranger. Things. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, but it plays really well. It's fun. So what I would tell you, Watch the first two episodes. Okay, I was gonna, that, that's my thing. Is I, I'm going to give this a try because my commitment is less than yours because yours you're, you're committing to basically three episodes of television with a, with yeah. a three hour movie and actual traveling, yeah. whereas I can commit in my bathtub with my bath and at bombs. the and uh, at the end and at the end of every Willow episode, there is some '90s rock song that they've that someone's done a cover of. That's all sad and like mopey and it's wonderful. There's a, Wait, there's a, not parody, there's a black hole. The real no, there's oh. a black hole sun. Is there at the a, end of what episode? I smell sex and magic. Mm, yeah. Mm, no, not there. Not so think more grungy. No. Cause that's the thing now. Grunge is back. All of us parents who grew up, all of us parents who grew up on grunge. were making our kids watch TV with us. And we're like, huh? Okay. I see what you're doing. Willow. But I would tell you it was I need, fun. I, give it two, you're saying. Give the it first two. one, okay. The first one's good, but I would tell you give it two episodes. Do I have to go in. do I have to go watch Willow completely? No. Okay. I haven't watched Willow. They do a really good job of explaining Willow to you. It, so it's so standing on its own. Okay. Yeah. If you never it, saw Josh, Willow. If this if they, if they can stand on its own, I can watch the first two episodes, I'm gonna do that. All right. All right. Look, we me. convinced each other. Yeah. All right. Last segment, segment three in the variant episode. All right, we've talked, we've talked reading resolutions. We've talked convincing each other to watch something that we didn't think we'd want to watch. Here's Talk our third Kate section. Bush. Something we can, something we can agree on. Something we can agree on. Okay, well, I, let's do it at the same time. We're going to do yeah. three, two, one, and then, and then after one, I want you to tell me the thing, the show that most surprised you that you felt. Oh, now I feel like I'm putting words like a, a show that really surprised you. Okay. We're yeah. Going in this, no. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Andor. Andor. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, buddy. 
It was so good. It's so good. Had had no right yeah. to be as good as it was. After how bad Boba Fett was, and after how like eh, uh, Obi Wan. Like I liked Obi Wan. I watched I didn't all of it, but it, it. Was, yeah, yeah. it was. It was. It got better. The end was much better than the beginning. Obi Wan gets better. It ages. The end of it gets better. Um, some of those shots, though. The but like, I mean, they're running around the trees and like the so like the Keystone Obi-Wan, cops. Uh, so if you, if you think of, if you think about like. Obi-Wan had to have a little kid. Uh, Boba Fett needed to have Mandalorian. Mandalorian needed to have Baby Yoda. You know what Andor has? None of that. None of it. It has one goofy robot, but he is he doesn't run around and he's follow even, him. But I would say he's not goofy at all. No, he's I would sad. say he's, he's very sincere. Sad and sincere. Sad, sincere, just like the rest of the show. He's my favorite droid of all the Star Wars universe. Cheapers, creepers, one. The first episode looks like Blade Runner. You had me. It's raining. He's on this planet. Yes, it is very... uh, But I'm going to say this, Josh. So I watched the first episode of Andor when it came out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't watch it again for months and months. Um, What brought you back to it? People were... There was this buzz about it. Same thing happened to me. I watched the first episode and didn't watch another one. Yeah, and it wasn't because the first episode was bad. In fact, the first episode in the larger arc of it is like a perfect episode. Yeah. Uh, but I think at the end of the episode where they started to go to like the native roots of it and you're just seeing that well, one, I think it's brilliant. They didn't do subtitles in that, you know? Yeah. And, but I was sitting there, I'm like, well, I, and this is, if I hadn't been burned on other Star Wars properties that I gave the full time to, and I'm like, ah, it's okay. Or it's fine or whatever it is. Um, then maybe that first episode would have made me watch the next one immediately. But there was something to that first episode where I was like, I don't quite know. Where is it going? I don't know where they're going, and I don't trust them based on what they've done previously to to be like, oh, it's not like a a, a show where you're like, well, the first episode's always leaving you with questions that get resolved. Because I did that for Obi-Wan, and I just felt like after like five episodes, I I wasn't getting anything from it. So here's what I think this Andor does so well. It is tied to one property in the Star Wars universe. It is tied to Rogue One. And in reality, Rogue One is a collection of characters that you'll never see again because they all die. The only thing that makes it through is that little microchip that goes to Princess Leia and the badass... Darth Vader scene at the very end of Rogue One. But this is no Jedi, no Force, just playing in the Star Wars universe. And it looks gorgeous. You got to tell a fun story that wasn't like, how did Chewbacca get his name? Like that wasn't this. Or there how a, does... there wasn't it was an Easter egg central. It was just like straight up like, hey, yeah. And I think, Josh, this is what I love about it. Because I know, I know this is becoming the new rock star, and we said a lot, but I feel like we were on this tip early. This is fucking, this is the punk rock. This is, this is, like, how does it start? It's like, it, one of the reasons about punk rock is about the rebellion aspect of it. What does yeah. it mean to be in a scene? What, what, what do you get, yeah. and what do you sacrifice? Right. Right? And then what's the ultimate consequences of that? And what are the ultimate benefits of that? Yeah. But this, of course, is that 
an actual rebellion, which we right. actually have in history, which we have currently right now, and and what it means to to devote yourself to it, what it means to fund it, what it means to uh, have differing factions within that rebellion. Right. I mean, it is, and then also what it means to repel a rebellion and the types of people that are doing that, which are all very, seems like Asbury, uh, Asbury spectrum people who are like so devoted to their job and this idea of, it's, it's, it's freaking great. It's, it's amazing. It was very good because, look, there's politics. There's like uh, this sort of like bureaucracy of the of the uh, empire in it. There's the rebellion in it. There is the like you said, the different factions in the rebellion. And I think it was probably the best looking yeah. show. The yeah. best looking. And I don't know. I don't know how they made it look so good. Uh, sets, think, actual sets, right. not that freaking. What do they call that thing? Uh, the uh, the zone that they shoot everything on. Um, oh the, yeah, the, the blue. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I know. Gosh, what you mean. I like for me. I think one of the problems with Mandalorian and one of the problems, actually, the biggest problem with Boba Fett is that it just took place on a desert planet. It's poorly written. Yeah. Well, one, it was poorly written, and then, but the scenery is just the scenery. It's just there. It's the same thing you've seen a thousand times in in Star Wars, right? It's Tantooine, right? Like, you've seen it. What does it matter? Why are we still doing that there? There's a million planets to go check out and tell stories in, but we're not telling stories there. But I think that Andor goes, huh, we're going to take you to this place we've never seen before, this giant hydroelectric, this giant dam. We're going to do this giant set piece. Uh, a new right? world. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's uh, a burglary. A co- there's there's a, uh, a meteorite shower. There's a prison break. It's different genres within it, too. Each right. Of the stories That's what I mean. Genre. Like, that prison break thing was fanned out. Like, Heist, that was great. Prison break. <laughs> rebellion. Yeah. It did them all in it. And I did the same thing. I watched the first episode. Renner and I watched it together. Uh, Gabby had given up because she, uh, Boba Fett was so bad. She gave up. She liked Mandalorian. She watched Boba Fett. She's like, nope. And then I, Renner and I watched Obi-Wan without her. And then she didn't watch. Uh, then she watched Andor. I said, can we watch the first episode? Like it, Renner and I watched the first episode. And then we were like, like other things were on and to carve out an hour for Renner and I to watch a show, especially after we get home from gymnastics at six, we eat dinner. It's, you know, whatever o'clock. It was also after game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings too. Like it was, you had just gotten all this like hyper epic fantasy stuff. Right. And so Gabby and I watched it and we literally binged it in a weekend. We were like, okay, this is, I had her watch the first episode. She's like, yep, I'm in. And so we watched all of it in probably two days over the weekend. It was great. I loved it. Um, I cannot wait for season two of Andor uh, because, wow, they just, I'm, I will tell you, I'm worried about season two. Uh, But I think it's such a great team that did it. Like, because I think the thing that I'm tired of in Star Wars is the, Hey, how did we get here? Sort of thing. Or like, how, how did tie back to Skywalker? Right. And this doesn't, I mean, it does ultimately at the end of rogue one, right? If this is all the lead up to rogue one. Yes. 
Um, well, you get Mon well, Mothma. Mon Mothma is the only character fantastic. you get. Yeah. And she's great. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole like antique like facade yeah. of it. And then, and what that guy's character is too, the older. Um... Yeah. Her and her, like uh, Mon Mothma and her husband and that whole thing, like her daughter, like going it, with it the makes old religion me, ways. When I look at the Star Wars universe, it makes me look at one of my favorite parts of the Star Wars universe. It makes me look at the, the pre-Luke uh, stage is my favorite. Right? I want, I like, I... Andor is a better hero than Luke Skywalker. Jedis, I, there's a reason why there's only two of them in the original movies, right? There's a reason why, because it gets boring if everybody has powers and everybody can fly around and, and do swords and battle with light swords and stuff like that. That's kind of lame to me. I don't yeah. like that. I do like the gruff and gritty ragtag group. Well, the thing is, Luke joined the rebellion in two seconds. It didn't yeah. take any conventions. He wanted to do it. It takes Andor a whole season. And, right. and that's more realistic because of, of what that means to actually cast off any comfort or any prospect of happiness in your life and devote your life to a cause it's not like a, when, hey i'll take your space sword and go save a princess oh well no, and then when luke joins the rebellion it's underway man it's yeah, happening yeah yeah you yeah. know it's there it's it, it's a it's a great show man and i'm it's so good. glad that i gave it another shot and uh yeah they they really it really is i hope kicking off a whole new genre of star wars properties look if, that if you're gonna keep making if you're going to play in these sandboxes, if you're going to play in the Marvel sandbox and the Star Wars sandbox, you got to tell a lot of different stories. Yeah. And so, so I have to I have to realize that some of those stories aren't going to be like for the me. Bad Batch or things like that. Yeah. You know, I have to I have to realize that some of those stories aren't for me, but there's something like, oh, it's live action. It's for me. Right. Like, I'm not going to watch Bad Batch. It's a cartoon. I've heard it's good. I watched like the first episode with Renner. But, eh, it's not my thing. Yeah. And you don't need this to connect to the rest of the world because it's so no. self-contained. That's what I think I appreciate is when we can tell the story that's not Star Wars lets you do that because the main saga focuses on this family. Let that be its thing. And then just tell all these other stories out in the world. Let me know about the bounty hunters and the smugglers without like going like mm, Luke Skywalker is going to show up. Like, I don't need that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't Get need the that. Skywalkers out of this thing, but I mean, Get them out. I mean, it's, it, you know, that that's, that's 2000. Uh, 22 you know and yeah. what a great way to for star wars to end 2022 is yeah. is with andor i mean it, of the way if they had ended with if they had switched it and ended with Boo. Kenobi, yeah. you know it, it it feels like oh i'm not excited for this next year of star wars properties and i'm not saying because those were in the can a long time ago before the success of andor before the yeah the critique of it but i am much more willing to give in 2023, more Star Wars properties a shot. And I think that's a good way to leave 22 for that franchise. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think like Marvel did the same thing for me. I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night. I thought that was a fun, super rad way to go like, let's tell this one-off story and let's genre the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. Let's black and white it and make it fun. Um, and then... Christmas, Christmas special, special. Yeah, yeah. was fun, right? I Colorful it was and Black goofy. Panther. I wasn't, I wasn't there. Cinematic one. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was just really sad. Yeah. It was just a sad movie. I, some of the visuals were great. Namor was fucking awesome, but it's just sad. Yeah. No, no 
not an uplifting film. So, yeah. all right. I think that's it. Anything else, Travis, before we wrap no, up? No, I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, I think the, the big thing we got we to gotta do this year is we got to check in every now check and then in. on a variant. On our, yep, on our resolutions. On, or we're not going to do like a 15-minute discussion on it, but just like a, where are you at? I'm like, I haven't started Lone Wolf and Cub yet. And you got to be like, rats, get on it. You got to start. You got to start. Um, all right, folks. Uh, next episode is going to be Red Sonia Ooh, by, by Mark Russell. Uh, we read volume one and two. We're going to discuss that on the next episode. You want to check that out? Yes. Epic story. Uh, be here for that. The episode you just listened to before this was refrigerator full of heads, a fun time. Uh, Andrea, a guest of the show came on to talk about that one. Uh, and then you know what? We'll see you next trade, which is red Sonia. <laughs>